morning to each one of you. It is good to be back to Myerstown again. Lots of new faces, lots of good old folks that just I miss. And uh, yeah, it's good to be back and see each one of you, your smiling faces. Um, I was thinking about how long it's been. It's about two and a half years or so since we started Waterworks. And so, yeah, just uh, God has been good and um, enjoying serving him. And uh, yeah, thank you for inviting me back. So this morning, I am going to start out by reading a story. In early September 1776, the Continental Army was enduring some of the darkest days it would ever encounter in the entire Revolutionary War. George Washington and his troops had just been soundly defeated in the Battle of Brooklyn and had just barely escaped annihilation during their retreat. It looked more and more likely that the Americans would have no choice but to abandon the strategically critical city of New York to the British Army. Desperate to find any source of advantage he could use, Washington issued a call among his officers for a volunteer who would go behind enemy lines undercover in order to obtain intelligence on the size, strength, and intentions of the British Army. At first, no one stepped forward. Spying was thought to be among the most disgraceful and dishonorable activities a man could undertake. Then, Nathan Hale, a 21-year-old captain serving in an elite army group known as Knowlton's Rangers, stepped forward to volunteer. In a very short time, he was captured by the British Army. On September 22, 1776, at 21 years old, he was executed by hanging for being a spy. His last words ring through history as a hero of courage and bravery. I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. Story that we have learned about in history. Um, we think of that story as that man having lots of courage and uh, bravery to go and do what he did, to perform a mission that he did after knowing pe- many people telling him it's, it's very dangerous and you could lose your life, and, and yet he had courage. Uh, and there's other stories that we read about. Uh, George Washington was another um, story, the crossing of the, the river on Christmas Eve um, back in the same year, 1776, And his mission was to go and conquer the army on the other side of the river. Um, Christmas Eve, after um, they were relaxing, I guess, and it was a stormy night. They crossed over um, the river with lots of ice, and I think there was was a storm, and it was lots of snow. And anyway, they, they battled across that river and ended up defeating the army and dealing a major blow to the enemy. And... We see these stories, uh, we read about these stories in, in history as, as stories of courage and bravery that, that people, uh, missions that people took to, um, to uh, defeat an enemy or whatever it was. And yet, there's much more inspiring stories that we read from the Bible of, of courage and bravery. And we had our summer Bible school at Waterworks um, recently, and we had a theme every night. So every night we had a, a Bible story. And each one of those Bible stories was someone who it took a lot of courage. And the first one was David. David, to stand up against this 
giant Goliath, which was so much bigger than him. And it took a lot of courage, if you think about that, what he had, a sling and a couple stones to defeat a giant. But he knew that God was going to be with him. Um, Another one was the little slave girl and and Naaman. And that took an element of courage there in that story. Three men in the furnace. Um, To think the furnace was very hot and the fire was very hot. And they were going to be thrown in there if they didn't bow down. Another one was Samuel. There's many times throughout the life of Samuel where he stood up against kings. And um, he, it took a lot of bravery and courage to um, do what he did in, throughout his life. Courage, strength in the face of pain or grief. Another definition, the mental or moral strength to resist opposition, danger, or hardship. Third definition, the ability to do something difficult even when there's risk. Even when there's risk involved, to be able to do something difficult. And what is the source of courage? Where does, where does courage come from? Um, what, what motivates courage? And there's a statement I, I came across that says, um, it is courage, it, it is not a self-generated virtue. So it's not a, ge- a self-generated virtue. It comes from some, somewhere. There's something that produces courage. And um, it is always produced by faith. So everything, everything we do that is, that is courageous, that takes a lot of courage, it's produced by faith. Faith in something. Um, we think of the story uh, that I mentioned earlier. Faith in, uh, in their country. Uh, for example, George Washington, Nathan Hale. They had a love of country. There was something there that their, their love for their country that was able to, for, the, for them to have courage. And I think of, of for example, The Martyr's Mirror. And you read through that, that book and um, there's, there's so much, so many stories, story after story of it had to take, it had to take something. There was, there was faith there for them people to go to the stake. And there was courage and, and faith in God. That's where it came from. And as I think of the one story that I talked about is, is David. I think of David, the many hours that he spent um, with the sheep. And just in the presence of God, I believe when he was able to stand up against the, the Goliath, uh, the giant Goliath, it was those many hours that he spent with the sheep that he was um, just basking in the presence of God and, and allowing God to fill him. That's what led up to him the ability to be able to stand up to the giant. That moment that he needed um, to perform against the giant, it was through a daily walk with God as he watched the sheep. So courage is produced by faith. What's another, another man in the Old Testament that we didn't talk, that we didn't mention, that was known for his courage and his, and his bravery. Anybody want to take a stab at it? His name is Joshua. So I want to, I want to look a little bit at Joshua this morning. He is a, a hero of faith. He is my hero of faith. Um, yes, Joshua was a military leader, and he carried out 
um, judgment on, on, on the enemies, on many enemies um, throughout the day. Um, and he was used by God in a mighty way to, to uh, rid the evil nations around him of, of, of just the filth and, and, and to rid of the evil. And he was chosen to build a name for God's, for God's um, people known as God's chosen people. So he was used by God to build a name up for his people as God's chosen people. So you can turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. It's a very powerful book in the Bible, Joshua. Thinking about the life and legacy of Joshua, and I'm going to just kind of briefly go through this book this morning um, and just pick out some of the high points in, in the life of Joshua. So while you're turning there, just for a little bit of a background, um, Joshua and Caleb were the only two people that left Egypt and entered the Promised Land. Only two people out of over, over a million people, Joshua was one of the only ones that was, that was able to enter the Promised Land. Just very interesting to think about. He was a successor of Moses. He was born in Egypt. He lived 110 years. So to break that up a little bit, he lived 45 years before Egypt. So he was approximately 45 years old when they left Egypt. And he lived 40 years through the wilderness, 40 years with Moses as Moses' right-hand man, as as his assistant. And then he lived, it was 25 years then after, after Moses as the leader of the Israelites. And just thinking about Joshua, all the, the miracles that he witnessed, as I think about Joshua being Moses' right-hand man through his, through his life, he witnessed so much that um, through, the, through the, uh, the plagues in Egypt, the crossing of the Red Sea, he was right there. He's seen, he seen God working throughout his whole life. And it was... And, and, and his, his faith was being strengthened as he's seen God working and God um, promising, um, uh, uh, promising so much to the Israelites. And he's seen God working and his faith was being strengthened. And the question I asked is this morning is to, to all the young men here, young dads, are you allowing your faith to be strengthened as you see the miracles that um, is being performed, and there is miracles being performed today. Um, are you allowing your faith to be strengthened? Because um, then someday, when your faith is tested, you may need to, to look back and, and see those, those times where God was working. Um, so let's, let's uh, read Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 to 9. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river." the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man 
be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance of the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever, whithersoever thou goest. And verse 9 there could be the, the theme verse this morning. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. God is with thee wherever thou goest. And that's a verse that's written on picture frames. We probably, a lot of us here probably have it at home on a, on a picture frame. And I want to pick out the phrase that says, be strong and of a good courage. He says it, God says it to, to Joshua here three different times in this, in this passage. And, you know, when, when God says something, we better listen up. We better listen to what he's saying. But when he says it three times, he's really trying to get our attention. Be strong and of a good courage. You know, God does not want weak and fearful men. He wants men that are strong and that are courageous and um, can go forth um, with courage. And he says um, in that that verse right there, it says, have not I commanded thee? It's not just a request. He's he's commanding Joshua here to be strong and of a good courage. And just looking at verse 5. There, God's telling Joshua that there, there is not any man that's going to be able to stand, the, uh, stand before thee all the days of the, thy life. And telling him, so will I be with thee and will, and will not forsake thee. And that is, that is just a, a, a wonderful verse for us here this morning. And God is just t- is telling Joshua directly, speaking directly to him. And Joshua's seen the direction that God took the Israelites throughout their journey. He's seen God working in so many different ways. And he's taking all this in. And he knows, you know, God has a plan for the Israelites. And and, um, he's speaking directly to him. And I just can't imagine how he, as as he was, God was telling Joshua this. I'm sure he felt a sense of, of joy and, 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 you know, gave him strength to that God's going to be there as a leader. He's going to be there to help him. But I'm sure at the same time it gave him a sense of responsibility that he as a leader, he was accountable to God for the way he led. And, you know, God never left him down. <clears throat> and then I just want to look at, at briefly at verses 7 and 8. And think about what it's saying. Um, He's saying to Joshua, Thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which my servant, with which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. 
Turn not to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper with us wherever thou goest. And he also says there in verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. So what is he referring to here in these, in these uh, verses? What's he referring to? He's referring to the law of Moses. He's referring to the word of God that Joshua had here. It was God's, God's word that he's referring to. And so it, it, it tells me how important the law of Moses was, that how high God placed it um, for his people the law of Moses, and, and uh, thinking about what it's saying here, that Joshua, that you need to meditate day and night, so not just day, day and night, you need to meditate it on, on, on it, and observe and do, and, you know, we, we looked in our Sunday school lesson about the, the old covenant being replaced by the new covenant, and today we live under the new covenant, and it's replaced under, um, it's replaced, replacing the old covenant, which was the, the old, the, the law of Moses. And yeah, we say we, we live under the new covenant, but we still, I mean, there's still things that we um, observe of the old, the old covenant here, the law of Moses. And I, I see how highly God placed it for his people because of what it says right here that you, you need to meditate. You need to ingrain it into your life and you need to study it and you need to observe and do and you need to live it. And um, so there's still, there's still benefits for us today from the old covenant, I do believe. It's not, we, don't, we can't throw it out totally. I think there's a lot of structure there that we see that we can learn, we can use and learn from. And the Ten Commandments, you know, there's, there's so much there that we can't just throw it away. It's still, God placed it on a very high priority list for his people. They needed to, um, to live it and, and do. And it is the same for us today. It's, it's the same um, for God's word today for us. We need to observe it. We need to live it and, and, uh, and do it. We need to um, live Obey and live by what God's word is. So I want to look here briefly at some character traits of Joshua that stand out to me. And the first one I want to look at is Joshua was a man of faith. And we see that right away in verse 10 and 11. This was the very first command that Joshua said, the very first uh, command that he, that he said after God spoke to him and probably as the leader of his people. And he says, commanded the officers of the people, saying, pass through the host, and command the people, saying, prepare you victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. So think about that. What Joshua is saying here, he's basically saying, get the, peop- get the leaders together. I'm, I'm assuming they had leaders over each individual tribe. And he's saying, we're going to meet, and I can see you, i see him. We're going to meet here in the tent, and uh, as everybody comes in, um, he stands up and says, we get the people, prepare food, victuals, I believe was the word for food, get, prepare um, their food, because in three days we are going in to the land that God has already given to us. And what faith, what faith that took for Joshua to, to be able to say that. And we know the story of, which we'll get into that later, um, 
where the, with the spies, the ten, the, the ten spies and the two spies, which I'll get into that later. But just to think of how Joshua, um, how he was able to stand up against opposition. And thinking about Joshua, you know, he knew, he seen the giants. When, when they went back in to, um, to spy the land out, he was there. He seen the giants that were there. He seen um, the, the, the roadblocks that they were going to have to face. And yet, here he could stand up and say, we're going to go in. God has already had given us the land. What, what faith that must have taken to, um, to such an example for us today. And we see everything else that they faced, discouragement, complaining um, that, that the people, uh, that, that he had to overcome. But he held on to God's promises. God had promised them the land, and he knew that. And that's, that's so, uh, there's something there for us today. We can hang on to every promise um, that God gives to us when, we're, when our faith is being tested and, uh, and tried. So I want to I turn to Joshua chapter 5. You can turn with me there, back a couple pages. Thinking about Joshua's faith. I believe that there's, a, there's a, a little encounter here in Joshua chapter 5 that was a faith motivator for Joshua. Joshua chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 13 through 15. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place wherein thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. So I see this story here, and I, I read over and over and over this story. This story, this is stuck like right in the middle here. Um, actually, it, it's basically just before the walls of Jericho. So if you look in chapter 6, the walls, it, it's when they, when they conquered Jericho and the walls fell down. And I, I just, I, I, I wonder, why did, why did God, why did God send an angel to Joshua, and it doesn't even say why he came. It says he came. Jer- Joshua was by Jericho, so I don't know if he was standing there, on, um, looking at Jericho and looking at looking ahead at what they needed to to do. This was a very thick-walled city, and, and big walls, and and uh, just de- definitely a mountain um, to conquer. Joshua was standing there looking at Jericho, and all of a sudden this angel appeared. And this angel was not just an ordinary angel. It was the captain of the host of the Lord, he said. That's, that's who he was. He was a superior rank angel. And he came to Joshua, and he there's no, this gives no indication. He even asked him, what are you here for? Are you an adversary? Are you for us? Or who, who are you? Why are you coming here? He doesn't give an answer. He doesn't say it. He just says, loosen off thy shoe. From off thy foot, for you're standing on holy ground. So I look over that and I, I think, what's, why is this story here? What is it for? Why did God send an angel to Joshua and didn't really give a reason why he, why he came? And the only thing I can think of is this here, right here, was just before 
many, many victories that Joshua encountered. You look at Jericho, and then there was the sin of Achan, which we'll get into that a little bit. But uh, right after that, chapter 9, he attacks the southern kings. Chapter 10, um, the sun stands still, and they have a major victory there. And then it mentions the five kings are killed. Chapter, um, and then in the end of chapter 10, Israel destroys the cities in the south. Chapter 11, Joshua attacks the northern kings. And then chapter 12, a list of the conquered kings. So it's after this, there is just victory after victory over and over again where God worked through his people and he conquered nation after nation. The only thing I can think of is, you know, I believe God sent this angel um, for Joshua to remember that, yes, you are brave and you are courageous and you may be about to conquer many nations, but you are only able to do that because I give you the strength to do that. And I, I think of Joshua laying down his head at night after a long um, day of victory and conquering so much, laying down on his head at night and just thinking of that angel that stood there. And that, it was the presence of God there. And, you know, he may be victorious. He may be able to conquer so much. But it is only by God's grace and it is only by the power of God that he can do that. And, you know, I think there's so many leaders of our day that forget and so many people today that forget that's where their source and their strength comes from. I mean, you know, they, they, can, they might be able to do a lot and, and uh, uh, do a lot of good for God, but if it wasn't for God's strength, there's no way they could do, do that and, and be where they are today. So he's a man of faith. Secondly, he was a man of prayer. In chapter 10, chapter 10, 12 to 14. Uh, I'm not even going to bother reading it, but it talks about when Joshua prayed for, he prayed for the sun to stand still. And it was an encounter, a miraculous event, where the sun stood still, and they had more daylight to conquer um, whatever the enemy was at the time. It was, was it the Gibeonites? Uh, I'm not sure. But anyway, they, they, um, God allowed the sun to stand still, create more daylight for them to conquer a victory, and he did. And just an amazing time um, in Joshua's life of prayer, praying, crying out to God for help. And uh, another one I want, to look, uh, I want to just briefly look at is the defeat at Ai. Um, Joshua turned in, in chap, back in chapter 7. He turned to God in the face of defeat. They were defeated a major, majorly. Um, there was a lot, bunch of, a bunch of uh, soldiers were killed, and Joshua's wondering, what is, why are we being defeated? What's going on? And it says, he rent his clothes and he fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide. So all day, he fell to the earth and his face before the Lord and crying out to God, what, what's the answer? What do we need to do? And God gave him direction that there's sin in the camp and it needs to be burned by fire. That was God's instructions. Whatever, this needs, to be, this needs to be dealt with and taken care of before you can continue on. And so we see Joshua finding by, uh, they, um, 
by Lot, I guess it was taken by Lot, and they went down through to try to find who this, who this was. What, um, where was this sin in the camp? And it came right down to Achan. And Achan, um, we all know the story of Achan. He hid, hid in his tent gold and silver, and God's judgment was on Achan and his family. And it was a very, very ugly sight. Um, just to think of all the children being able being there to watch this and to see Achan and his family, it says his sons and his daughters, all his possessions, every single thing he had was stoned and burned, burned with fire. It's probably the ugliest part of the book of Joshua. But just to think of, of um, that story and how God does not tolerate um, sin. When there's, you know, they can be victorious and they can be um, um, conquering so much, but there was sin, and God says, stop, we need to take care of this first. So we see Joshua was a man of prayer. Thirdly, he was a man of humility and sincerity. Um, and, and I think of, uh, of Joshua as being Moses' right-hand man for 40 years. That's probably the biggest example of humility in his life. Just being there, right-hand man for Moses, not being promoted, just being there for 40 years, and helping, um, helping out Moses' is, is role. And I see that as, as being a man of humility. And also in his farewell address in chapter 23, verse 14, Joshua said, this is his farewell address, he says, And before this day I'm going the way of all the earth, and ye know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. And that was Joshua's cry at his farewell address. There's nothing. God, God has not, not one thing hath failed thereof. God, the, 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 God has, has done so much for them. Not one thing has failed. He has been there the whole, the whole way. And that was his testimony as his, at his farewell address. And, you know, if, if you choose um, another way, it's because of the hardness of your hearts. You cannot say that God has not, um, has not been good and has not been, been there for you. And so God certainly keeps his promises. And, and lastly, he was a man of courage. And... I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but I want to go back to Numbers chapter 13. As I mentioned earlier about the, the spies, uh, Numbers chapter 13, this was uh, back when Moses was still the leader. Joshua was, was there, um, and he was chosen as one of the spies. And we, know the, we, all know the, we all know the story, the ten spies and the, the two spies, the twelve spies total. Um, and basically it was a ten to two ratio. Ten spies came back saying, there's, there's, there's lots of fruit there. They're, they're big grapes. There's, it, it's, it's, so, it's the land of milk and honey, but there's giants, and we're like grasshoppers in their sight. There's, these giants are, are huge, and, and it scared them. And we know the story. Joshua, let's go to verse, uh, in chapter 14, is the very next, next uh chapter, it says, in the beginning of the, of, the, of the chapter 14, it says, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. So when they came back and said, there's, gra- there, there's giants there, and, and we, can't, we can't do this, 
the congregation lifted, basically all night cried all night long and murmured against Moses and Aaron. It, it must have been a sight to see all these people just wanting to go back. It says, that, let's, let us make a captain and let us return back to Egypt. Let's go back to Egypt, where we just came from. And God has done so much, and yet we want to go back. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation. And Joshua was there. He was one of the, the two spies, and this was his response. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. You should really um, uh, underline that, that verse right there in your Bibles. That was Joshua's response. What a powerful um, example of courage and bravery that Joshua had. That is so exciting. When you think about what Joshua was up against, over a million people wanting to go back to Egypt, and yet Joshua stood up and said, no, no, we can do this. We, God has been with us the whole time. We can do this. We can go. And it's just a powerful story. Joshua seen the salvation of God his whole life, and he used it. And he's seen what God could do and what he could do, in the, uh, and he stood up in the face of opposition. So this is why Joshua is my hero today, one of my heroes of the faith, just to, to see what he did, what he could do um, in the strength of God, using God's strength um, to carry him through. And so I asked the question this morning, do you have courage like Joshua? Do you, um, when others um, back down and when there's, when there's uh, complaining and opposition, whatever it is, do you have the courage to, to stand up um, like Joshua? Um, even for us as dads, even in our family, sometimes our children seems like sometimes they get miserable and grumpy and they all get grumpy at the same time. Are you as dad, are you a motivator? Are you, can you stand up against opposition, against complaining and say, hey, we can do this, you know, just to, to uh, be an encourager, encouragement. <clears throat> so in conclusion, turn with me to Joshua chapter 24, just one more uh, verse that I want to look at. Um, Joshua chapter 24, verse 31. This here is the legacy of Joshua. Would you be able to have this verse said about you someday? Joshua 24, 31. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. That is amazing. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and the elders that overlived Joshua, they served the Lord. I mean, I think of, you go back to the next, some of the next chapters in the Kings and throughout, it was flip-flop back and forth. We're serving God, and then we're serving idols, and then we're serving, you know, back and forth. It is, it is because, one of the reasons is because of their leader, Joshua, that they could serve the Lord all the days of Joshua. And that is, um, that is why God used Joshua 
to, as a leader, because he's seen the potential that, was, that he had. It's, it was a result of a God-fearing leader who lived what he believed. That's what it was. And he never allowed fear to derail that God-given agenda that um, God, what God had called him to do. So this morning, I want to let you with a verse that was spoken by Joshua, and I think it was spoken in his farewell address. It's another verse that probably many of us have as, as picture frames in our house, houses. It says, this is, this is Joshua's farewell, I think it was his farewell address. He says, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Just a powerful example of a God-fearing leader thinking of he was a man of faith. He was a man of prayer. He was a man of humility. And he was a man of courage. Is that you this morning? Man, woman, or child? Um, is that you this morning? Now, we kind of skimmed over this whole book of Joshua, kind of put it... Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of difficult sometimes to take a whole book like that and put it into one message. But I just want to encourage you this morning um, to be like Joshua. And Joshua was not perfect. None of us are perfect. Uh, we didn't even look over Joshua's um, faults and his failures, um, although there is not a lot of failures mentioned in the book of Joshua. They're just, um, there's a, one time where he made a treaty um, a, with a, an evil, uh, another nation after they deceived, after they came and deceived him. Um, and he shouldn't have done that. It was a failure that uh, he did. But, um, you know, he stood, he stood up for the truth. And I believe that we today, we can do the same. We can raise up a generation that serves the Lord as, as Israel did under his leadership. We can do that. Um, and, you know, as I think about today with all of the, the influences that we face, the dangers and the influences that we face in our day like never before. And it is so important that... Um, we can uh, live in this way, live like Joshua, to stand up for what's right and in the face of opposition and have the courage. It takes tremendous courage sometimes, it really does. But have the courage to, to stand up, stand up for the right, and God will bless us in a tremendous way. So God bless you as you go throughout this week, as you serve him. Um, may you have courage like Joshua. Um, one uh, last um, v- phrase that I want to I want to let leave with you this morning is courage is not the absence of fear but rather the determination to act despite its presence. There may be fear. It's not the absence of fear, but it's the determination to act despite fear being there. <clears throat> So after the prayer, we can uh, figure, we'll have a, uh, uh, we'll all stand and then have a closing song and then you can consider yourself dismissed. So why don't we all stand for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we pause before you today and just thank you for how good you are to us. And Lord, as we think about the life and the legacy of Joshua, um, thank you for Bible stories and men um, who have lived and, and held true to your word and, and stood 
um, up for you, stood up for what was right, and we can read about it. And I just thank you for the example of Joshua. Help us to live, um, live uh, like he lived. And as we think about the influences um, of our day and the dangers that we face, Lord, um, we need, uh, need it like never before. And so just help us, God, as we um, journey on in this life just to be um, faithful to you and to what you have called us to do. Just be with each, each one here this morning. I pray a blessing on each one, and just pray that we could faithfully serve you until you call us home. Just thank you for what you will do for us. In your name I pray. Amen.